this is the Bitcoin Consciousness Podcast, and today I'm here with Hudlnaut. Welcome. Thank you, Sama. Good to be here. First of all, congratulations to the results in Norway. I, I can imagine it's a relief. Is this uh, the end now, or do you fear any other follow-ups for this case? Uh, it's uh, absolutely not the end, unfortunately. Craig uh, and his lawyers have already announced that they are appealing in Norway, so there will be an appeal here. And uh, he is also suing me in United Kingdom, who has uh, very different uh, libel laws. Uh, from Scandinavia, which of course is the reason why rich people are suing dissenters from United uh, Kingdom. So it's still going to be quite a journey, but uh, this is a, an enormous win that uh, I think uh, unleashes a momentum in this case that will be very good for me and very detrimental for Craig Wright. And uh, we can also use this uh, verdict uh, going forward in different ways. So I'm very happy. Yeah. So even though it's not finished, uh, you can enjoy this momentum now. And we have talked a few times before, and um, it's really like this adventure of yours. If we if we see it as you as a spirit or a soul coming down here and you have a very interesting life story playing out with the support of the Bitcoiners and then the big adversary in Craig Wright. It's maybe will be a film one day. What do you think? I think uh, definitely. The story of, uh, I mean, on the one hand, obviously, the story had the story of, of Bitcoin, which in itself will probably be the topic of any movies uh, in the future. Also, the story of uh, people claiming to be Satoshi, uh, more specifically, Greg Wright, which has, his story has been running since 2015 with his claims. And uh, the fact that he chose to start legal proceedings against uh, this space cat avatar, small Twitter account. Uh, I mean, they wanted me to, to bend the knee and uh, apologize and say that, of course, Craig Wright is Satoshi. I don't think they uh, thought that this small account would refuse their demands. Uh, I guess it has backfired a lot for them. And... Uh, Yes, I do think that this is a story that uh, will be told in different ways. And uh, I have been actually approached by very big uh, actors uh, who wants to make, uh, who wants to tell this story. And uh, with or without my participation, it will be it will be told. I'm sure. Yeah, it's like David and Goliath. It's like the archetype of um, the smaller guy with strong values against uh, the bigger people with uh, big money and so on. It's been 
it's been replayed in human history many times and now you're like the latest incarnation of this archetype you could almost say yes it's definitely a david versus goliath at least uh, which was very apparent when i was sitting there in court with my two lawyers facing craig with his team of 10 to 12 lawyers uh, like a fully stacked uh, documentary crew that was following him around he had like a bodyguard he had journalists following him step by step from coin geek which is the media outlet or propaganda arm depending on which side you're on uh, so he had like this huge entourage uh, of people following him around uh, definitely felt uh, skewed in terms of resources uh, which made the win even more satisfying but uh, it's a very strange situation to be in and at this point it feels like it very much feels like uh, since I have decided to stick to my principles that uh, I don't know it almost feels like I'm in a simulation or playing out some kind of destiny or something so the longer the more time that passes and the more shit they put me through because they do put me through enormous amounts of sexual harassment on a daily basis um, for many years and probably for years to come. But um, I find that just become more and more determined. Yeah. If you see it as a simulation or a video game, and it's you can't really go anywhere because you're standing for truth uh, exactly. and you're you're standing for your self-sovereignty and your uh, your rights as a human so you can't really back down that's not an option right oh i mean i am i am in full control of what really is really valuable and what really matters they can never take that away from me i I can only give that away, and I will not give it away. That's like part of an angle of the realizations I have come to during these years. That uh, like the importance of staying true to truth, and also almost like the peace and the calm that comes when you realize that all you need to do is just continue speaking the simple truth. So when I was cross-examined. In this trial, with this 10-lawyer team spending, you know, all their energy trying to outmaneuver me or make me uncomfortable or put pressure on me on the witness stand, I mean, I really didn't feel stressed at all because uh, I, I was very aware that I don't need to do anything but just speak the truth. And that's... That doesn't take too much effort, so it's not difficult. Yeah, and when we were talking in the past, it turned out that this with connecting to an inner node and that we have an mm -hmm. energy body, this was not at all news for you. Can you talk a little bit about how and when you discovered your energy body and your inner energies in your inner power? I can try. I think since 
I was a small kid. I always had like an intuitive awareness or knowledge, whatever that I had. I could go inwards, and I I could connect, and I could find strength. And uh, as I grew older, life had the big difficulties in my life in my early twenties, like stemming from, I guess, making peace with who I really was or finding out who I really was. There was a lot of conflict with my dad during my upbringing, which there were basically a lot of things to unroll and, uh, and uh, learn. And that was difficult. So I, I stumbled upon Buddhism. I, well, I guess I was 20 years old or something. And I started uh, meditating a bit. I think that was the first time when I really made this strong connection inwards and just uh, realized that there was like a very intuitive and non-effort part of being uh, which could bring probably unlimited amounts of peace and uh, but this was a very gradual process and uh, I kind of kept discovering new things on this path like different types of meditation I was exposed to um, and um, reading both the uh, Hindu texts and Buddhist texts, and I discovered Stoicism, and so I think I like I had a pretty broad uh, way of being exposed to to these these parts of reality. And to this day, I don't subscribe to to any very dogmatic rules or philosophies on this topic. It's all very like intuitive to me. And uh, to, I mean, when I meditate, all I do is just focus on my breath and just sitting. It's not like I have any kind of system to it. I think it, it's been a part of me always, but it's become a bigger part of me as I grow older. Many people ask me, like, what is the energy body? Like when I write articles, I, I mention the energy bodies quite often, because for me, it's a very important part of us. But many people are confused or they don't know what I'm talking about how would you describe the energy body to beginners my understanding of it or my the chakras the fact that we have when I learned about this it resonated with me that I had this this uh what call, hubs in my body which were kind of like rooting energy through me I've been getting uh, acupuncture quite a lot throughout my life uh, once i uh, i had this guy practice uh, healing on me which i thought was pretty much close to bullshit at that point but then you know the experience was just undeniable and i could absolutely feel how this energy that <laughs> was kind of like a sensation of of warmth or energy or awareness moving through my body in a way that I certainly didn't learn about in school or my parents never talked to me about. And so it's just this something that is not part of the outside normal view of 
of what the world consists of and what we are built on. So back to like, how do I experience it? I'm, I think it's really hard to put words on it. I think it's it's somehow related to my view of God as well. I, mean, I feel like God is, you know, pretty much everywhere and in everyone. And it's, it's, it's just this, it's very, very soothing and uh, warm, uh, real thing inside us that when I manage to be in it or connect to it, it uh, makes everything very easy and self, self-explanatory and powerful. It's hard yeah. to put words on. It's very, it's very ephemeral. No, it's a very good description. But then it, it's two ways to look at it. It's like like we are our physical body, and then it's just shining energy around us. Yeah, you know, that's sort of that the physical reality is first. So it's about what we do in the physical reality. It's about what we eat and so on. So so from that point of view. The energy body is just like a result of our physical life. But if we turn it around, it's actually the other way around. It's the energy body is the blueprint. So it's the energy body first, and that's affecting like our posture and our behaviors, our moods, and so on. What's your view on that? Like what comes first? Is it physical body first, or is it energy body first, or are they interchangeable? To me, that, that will have to be like a paradox that both are true, definitely, I think, because it resonates equally strong with me. Uh, I mean, seeing it that the external reality is like a result of the energy body and the, and the other way. Uh, I also want to like, one thing I didn't mention about how I view the energy body, it's like, for many people, unfortunately, I think the energy body is almost like just a small withered pea or something. Just, just, a, just something that, you know, it's there, but it's not very warm. It's just, it's all, only the potential is there, but the potential will never leave or the seed or whatever you want to call it. But the moment we start giving it attention, observing it, being aware of it, and looking for it, and, uh, rest, like sitting with it, it will, it's almost like putting water on a, on a plant or something and it will just expand and expand and expand and transform both ourselves and our external reality as a result. Yeah, when we come, become aware of our energy body, it's... Uh... It's a very big step in our personal development. It's like finding the boost button, you can say. Like if you first use psychology and then like other physical therapies, and then you just become aware of this other dimension. Yeah. And start, yeah. I was just going to say, just to underline that, that, energy body is a, is a good way to describe this what we're talking about now i just want to say that 
before I met you, I wasn't normally using that word at all. And okay, what word were you using? And I wasn't really very, I don't think I was using many words. Or maybe I was just thinking about this as myself, like as if this is my truest self. So that would mean like what we're talking about now, the energy body. I look at that as my truest self and uh, maybe to the extent i can say that when i use words like me and i that's the energy body because if it isn't the energy body then it would then me and i would just be i don't know random fragments of shit that i picked up while distracting myself like everything else comes from without or outside us so uh, makes me me i think it's like the life life force you can say yeah. otherwise yeah. we're just a body walking around doing unconscious yeah. things yeah and then, yeah i guess i guess we would be some form of uninflated versions or like just a blueprint of ourselves and we need this energy body to you know uh animate and uh fulfill the potential of this blueprint so i think if i understood also like the values and principles that we talked about in the beginning and that you believe in decentralization as part of this right and this is something that humanity have had a really difficult time understanding it's like humanity is constantly moving towards centralization and Bitcoin is then paving the way, I feel, by just showing how effective a decentralized system can be. And it's like, I actually had a vision yesterday that decentralization, this is what humanity needs most of all. It's like the missing concept for humanity to actually thrive. Do you have any thoughts about that? I think uh, decentralization is super important. Humanity probably had way more decentralization uh, starting starting out. Maybe the problem was that we became so sophisticated that more and more powerful forms of centralization were made possible. And uh, to the point where we are right now, where most things are just brutally centralized with all the downsides that brings, uh, not least involved absolute corruption and uh, increasing removal of, of liberties. So this is where Bitcoin comes in, of course. And I don't think there is any doubt that a world without Bitcoin, with the tech technological capabilities the world has right now without Bitcoin we would be uh, pretty screwed because we would like right now we have nation states but we are seeing the formation of you know the, the global um, the earth state which I think would uh, lock us all in by the balls uh, within not too many years if we 
didn't have a absolutely decentralized base layer to, to start building on and to start giving us incentives. So I think it's Bitcoin is crucial and decentralization of this technological society is also crucial. Connecting this with the energy body and everybody finding their inner node. So like we said before, like you said, it was, it's like when the energy body is tiny, it's because we haven't found a way to be ourselves. So we are following others. And when we, when we are following others, like a government or religion or science or whatever, then we push away our node. We just become the physical body and we become like a minion, just following. For me, it's like decentralized spirituality has been the, the top priority for me. Like how I can be true to my node and respect others' nodes without uh, imposing anything on anyone else. And because this seems to be the equation that humanity has not been able to solve. Like how we can be true to ourselves and allow others to be true to themselves. This is the essence of decentralization, right? It's very striking how, um, how Bitcoin um, covers this in the digital slash physical realm. So, uh, and it's also, I think, very worthy of note to see how many Bitcoiners end up in rabbit holes like what we are exploring right now and uh, end up, you know, because of Bitcoin, they, they end up on spiritual paths, which is for many, I think, would be counterintuitive or like technological innovation involving computers, numbers, and, and money. Like, I think most people who are absolutely ignorant of Bitcoin, they still have this, you know, Bitcoin is all about getting rich or, you know, being greedy or stuff like that. When reality for the people who actually fall into the rabbit hole uh, on their own at their own pace it's, it's about spiritual sovereignty yes and for me this is the values that you are fighting for there in in the courtrooms out on the global stage as it is now and it's like the right to be true to yourself. Yeah, that's very true, actually. That's basically what this fight is about, fighting against against people who want to remove that force to abandon that right. So bending the knee is obviously centralization. And that's is a system that has been too abundant in humanity for thousands of years like to dominate or to be dominated this has been the rules of the game and now bitcoin comes here and say 
let's try something new where everyone can just dominate themselves but no one outside of themselves and this is a world without attachment without the conditional love of saying yes i love you but only if you do that or that so bitcoin like i say you know bitcoin vibrates on a higher consciousness like an unconditional love because it doesn't demand anything from anyone it just is and this for me is the concepts of unconditional love and i think this is the cornerstone for decentralization to work because you can't really control anyone because that's centralization so how do we live then and how do we act together how do we work together without attachment without control and bitcoin is just showing us how each node is valuable and actually the more nodes who are sovereign the stronger the network is together so you are in a way you're fighting for this new system you're fighting for decentralization within the centralized structures and you do this because you know it's true it's true for you and it's like you're holding the seed of the centralization and you are not letting go because you felt it you understood it you know that is the right thing for you and for humanity so you can't let go or am i taking this too far i'm just talking and talking here what do you say Maybe like what I'm doing, I'm fighting this for the for the network, or it's like a fight for this for decentralization, um, which I think is is true to to some extent. Um, on the other hand, it's it's very very simple for me since and it feels like you know uh, I'm not doing this for anyone. Or I'm just for my uh, to stay free myself because if i'm not relentless and uh, non-compromising in in staying connected my in the node i don't value anything higher than, than this uh, staying true to, to what i know and believe to be right so once again, it's this uh, feeling that uh, things are both very, very simple, but also very carrying enormous amounts of uh, meaning and uh, especially importance. But I'm talking to you about these things is very cool because I am. I think I should probably or i want to write more and sit down and just you know explore and reflect more but i'm also very and use intuition a lot i think intuition is a huge part of the of the software that i'm running I'm almost a little afraid to <laughs> 
to start uh, investigating and analyzing and thinking too much about these things because I'm almost like my life experience has been I used to be way more analytical than I am right now and I have my own opinion pretty strong analytical skills but the early parts of my life relying only on that and then neglecting the intuition neglecting the neglecting the spiritual side because what I'm saying here is uh, I appreciate and I, I, I think it's valuable for me to, to dare to not dare maybe but to set time aside and explore these things more and make a more solid meta understanding or meta language of it I think maybe that would give me some new insights because I realized when talking to you that my map or my vocabulary or you know ability to effectively discuss these things is, is not exactly very strong because I've been so based on just you know intuitively relating to these things and just trusting it and maybe that's maybe it's good I'm not even decided on it because it has led to me living a very like or like my I'm not a calculated person. But when I was going to testify in court, I did not prepare. I think for most people, it would probably be crazy. I did not prepare at all because I didn't feel like there was any point in preparing because I was just going to go there and, and answer the questions, basically. And uh, maybe the judge saw that. Maybe she you know, understood herself intuitively that I was trying to manipulate anyone or I was just, you know, this is my truth. I'm not gonna try to manipulate anyone outside myself to so I guess that's it's like a parallel to what you said about uh, there's no force here. It's, uh, that brings a lot of freedom and a lot of peace. I think for many people it's it's quite easy to see when people are you know immediate and uh, and truthful. Yeah, and if people activate their energy bodies, they can definitely feel it also. You know, it's a completely different energy because when you're honest, you talk from the heart and it's just like, you know, that energy, it's just, it's just truth. And then someone else comes on the stand and it's just like mental concepts that they mem memorized. And it's like, a, it's much a weaker energy, you know. It's a uh, fiat energy. It's super fragile. It's it pretends to be powerful and believes itself to be powerful, but it's you know for people operating on a different frequency, it's just it's embarrassing almost how weak it comes off us. It was almost surreal for me to sit in that courtroom and you know see see Craig's testimony and see these witnesses he brought in and listen to his lawyer talk about how I was huge problem for the world with my terrible cyberbullying and it really it, yeah it felt like I was a duck and these words were like water off my back uh, that was a good cool thing to see that all this fiat energy you know millions and millions of kroner uh, being used to try to construct a fake 
fake reality. How important and ridiculous it was that for the people who are still under this spell of this reality, it probably comes of us, you know. Uh, maybe even powerful, I don't know. But I think it creates a lot of dissonance in them when they are faced with people who speak the truth. I think they feel very threatened by it. Yeah, and in a way it's, it's the question is, when will he bend the knee? And not to you, but to us, to reality, right? Like how long can he keep building up these fantasy illusions yeah. without coming into some kind of life crisis where he's just like, like give up already and just, you know, accept life as it is because it's it's basically like he is you know he's projecting on you it's like basic psychology you know so he's because he believes in his models of reality somehow right so he has these traumas that creates these projections and he he thinks that the universe is out to get him and you are one of the worst ones and he needs to defend himself from these enemies but from a spiritual perspective we know that all these enemies i mean they are really just projections of our own insecurities and so it's just it's just a low consciousness approach and you know he's really stuck in this and he's defending this low consciousness programming rather than awakening and and this is this time is like the awakening is upon us every day more and more people wake up and every person on earth have the choice to bend the knee to truth and wake up or to hunker down and defend their old traumas and their old defense mechanisms so obviously he's doing the second choice and it's destroys for him and he destroys for others. So he's in a way he's like a symbol for that part of humanity that just don't want to look at themselves in the mirror and understand it's all projections of their fear patterns. Do you follow my drifts with this? Yeah. He has to face the, the brutal weight reality and I can only imagine the amount of energy and how dark and empty it must be to you know to keep pretending and to keep staying disconnected despite all the results around you just constantly punishing you for not embracing truth instead Oh, I'm making noise again, I can hear. Yes. <laughs> uh, maybe this is better. I think they will keep doubling down uh, brutally uh, until absolute destruction of, uh, of their project and uh, yeah, hopefully not their souls. But uh, they will keep doubling down. I feel, I feel that strongly. 
And I think this uh, saga or whatever it is will uh, keep getting more crazy or interesting or whatever perspective you choose to take. I mean, what we've been discussing now, it's, it's basically, you know, I can say that we're almost like we've been discussing karma as well, because every action you take that goes against every moment you spend against truth or against uh, what is right, that punishes you in, in that very same moment. And uh, it will only continue to exponentially, this punishment will only exponentially increase every time they double down. As, as you see, you know, after this win I had now, the, the blowback and, you know, the, on one side, the support I have been getting, it's just, just mind-blowing in its scale, I would say. Thousands, thousands of people sending me very, very powerful messages, I would say, from me, you know, just saying that they are so happy for me and that they're thankful that I'm doing this and that I'm thankful that I keep standing upright for what they obviously see is the truth. The other side, well, Craig Wright's side, like the, the blowback and the, you know, the, the, the ridicule and the, it's just clubbing over him. And instead of taking that data and like uh, adjusting their approach, which would be to, you know, stop doing this, they just double down again. Because I think that's all they know. And it's been working for them in some, I mean, working in the sense that they have met people or institutions on their way that that have been weak or corrupted or not in touch with their notes. So it's been, they've been able to force a lot in their lives. And uh, suddenly when, when they meet something that, that doesn't respond to this force, then they are suddenly rendered impotent, completely impotent. And every dollar they spend or every new lawsuit they file or every new smear article they post on their propaganda outlet all of that just ends up kicking their own ass and and you know making their own deprivation or their own corruption or their own weakness more obviously apparent i'm not the only one seeing this i've registered from you know just being on twitter it's People are just amazed that this is happening, that they are continuing to push like this. It's fascinating to be in the middle of it. And not, not least, it's very surreal. It's like, it's like uh, being inside a, some kind of a dream or something. Yeah. Through my experiences and how I view the world, it's like you have the whole creation on your side because you're just standing for the simple truth. I don't persuade people anymore or try to convince people 
to do anything to buy a bitcoin or yeah, to to find their the node you know i i try to just live by example and this pushback that they keep doing it has to end sometime because you have the whole creation and their own souls inside of them trying to wake them up to all this you know so it's like inside of them they have their own souls who that know what's going on they know all is one and that they are lost in their projections so from inside like every dream they have probably is trying to tell them to stop <laughs> and then you know you have all the like some people have like accidents or near-death experiences everybody wakes up in different ways you know it could be a close relative that dies and everyone have their own way awakening experience just like you shared parts of yours today we can just wonder what will be their awakening experience and it's like it's inevitable maybe it's hard for you to to imagine because you have seen them and you know how how stubborn they are but if you think of the support team like they are coming out in thousands physically coming out in thousands to to support you but then you have all the invisible forces that we've been talking about that are also on your side and it's not really your side it's just truth it's just mm. decentralization truth everyone's right to their own opinions basically one day they will be forced to wake up and it's just a question if this will be in a few weeks or a few years i guess but that's how i see it with sort of an optimistic twist that it has an ending it's just how long will it take before they wake up and they will stop harassing you yeah uh you may very well be right uh, I, I think there is you know unfortunately there is also a reality of people exiting this this life without having come to terms with the important things or having found any significant form of truth for me i, I really try to not you know think about this and when does this end because we're approaching four years of my life now that this has been going on 10 percent of my life basically i've spent on this and uh, it would be easy to start thinking that oh whoa me poor me this is happening uh when will it end increasingly i've started to like think of it you know i mean i'm a, i'm very much stoicism is, is my big thing continues to be it's like my guide or my anchor in, into this spiritual realm and what i find a lot of strength in and I really choose to look at it like it's not it's not a curse that this has happened to me. It's a, it's a blessing that it has happened to me, and I am able to handle it with the tools that I have. Put the correct labels on it and just take one moment at a time and one day at a time. Of course, there are days when I when this gets to me too, but in general, I am just prepared to keep 
doing one task at a time and telling one truth at a time. And uh, that means that this will end sometime because uh, uh, they are they will not be able to employ any similar tactic. They they are forcing things, and that has an expiry date in several ways. You know, financially, legally, uh, spiritually. It's not like this approach scales in time at all. And you know, I even if this stuff is going on, since I, I'm not trying to force anything, it still allows me to be present and have very enjoyable times with friends and family. And resting you know always in this this feeling that i i have not disconnected yeah this could actually be an amplifier that's because it forces you to really connect with your true self and to stay there it's like it speeds up your self-development because it's like an ongoing tension that just forces you to to be reminded of what's important in life. Mm. Yeah, and life experience has taught me repeatedly that this is the right approach and this is the most powerful approach and this is the approach that makes me feel good, makes me feel whole, so as you say, when external pressure is like rearing its head at me, I'm like trying to scare me or ah, this can if you the consequences of this can be such and such, you have to win, you have to do and I think that could be just the pressure that would bring to a person if you have that way of looking at it for four years. I think that would break people i think so you have realized that it's it's only your filters when you look at your situation so you have stopped identifying with your fears and when you're trying to calculate things like you have understood it it's like no point so it's like you have this very loose identification with different patterns that flow through you and yeah. this allows you to be centered and be, be your true self while others yeah. that don't have this pressure they they easily identify with what their mother told them and they sort of live that identity for the rest of their life but here you come yeah. like in the edge of of this conflict you're constantly reminded that that all these filters are just that and life is like beyond the filters and beyond the filters, that's our real self. And beyond the filters is your child. And beyond the filters is your partner. So many others think that they are looking at their partner, but they are looking at the filter, their own version of their partner. But because you have this situation that you have, you're constantly reminded of the falseness of the projections and you can 
feel through the projections and really engage with people with like that they truly are. Yeah. In addition, I would say, you know, I, I guess it's interesting actually your use of the word filters and uh, because from stoicism, a big thing for me is to not label things, not uh, automatically assent to to labels that the mind tends to want to put on things like, for, for example, just is good or bad. Like if I, I don't accept the label of this being bad, what's happening to me is bad. No, I, I don't assent to that. I'm not saying it's good either, it's neither. Some, some things are happening and I'm not willing to label them as basically anything else than what they actually are, which is just uh, a lot of different things. Uh, and just being free from automatically allowing my mind to spin up tons of emotions and tons of uh, feelings of being a victim and so on, that is very important uh, for me. Uh, that I, and it allows me you know, to to uh, it makes it easier to stay connected and uh, be in myself. And before we end there, I just want to come around to another thing you said when you said that you're not doing this for someone else. You're doing this for yourself because you know it's true for you and it's so it's actually it's a selfish thing yeah. <laughs> and this is the essence of decentralization and this is what satoshi also tapped into when he that we allow ourselves to be selfish but when we are selfish in in harmony with our true self we automatically help others is this win-win situation when we are in contact so i think yeah very true so it's nothing we have to be ashamed of and actually it's it is the way it should be oh it should be sounds so bad it's it's a it's like a tree or a flower you know they don't grow up and be beautiful beautiful flowers for others they just do it because they just want to be the best version of who they are and this is basically what you're saying also. You don't do this to look good. You don't do this to earn money or popularity or whatever. You just do this because you want to be true to your true self. And you want to be yeah. the best version of who you are in this life. Follow, this, yeah. follow nature. Follow nature and follow your own nature along the path they share. I don't even feel like giving you compliments for what you're doing <laughs> because you're just doing what you have to do. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, all, that's a little refreshing actually because you know there is always this dissonance in being praised because I've been, I've been praised so much for, for this. And on the one hand, I mean, I, I appreciate so much being supported and, you know, being that what I do is is appreciated but uh, at the same time it's also this feeling of but 
what you don't need. Like it's also you know a little because I'm not. I'm just doing what's. I'm just doing what's right, and that, that's I'm kind of doing that for myself. You know. The last week, I have felt so strongly. Every evening when I go to bed, I feel this strong connection with the thousands or the millions of people around the earth who are standing up for their true self, because this is what I try to do every day. So when I go to bed, it's like, oh, do I feel a pressure? Like, do I have to save the world? Do I have to be so good all the time? But just this feeling that I've met so many in the Bitcoin community that are doing the same thing as me. And that I know that when I go to bed, they will be working on the same project that I'm working on in America and Canada. And soon Australia will wake up. And it's this feeling of decentralized community where no one is expecting anything from me. So the pressure that I feel is just my own habits from being in a, in a fiat world and feeling I have to do everything myself. This, so I can just drop that. I don't have to worry about that. It's like, because I met all these people that we're working towards the same thing. And if I feel a little bit exhausted, I can just take a break. And I know other people will step in. It's uh, this team feeling. And you're definitely part of this team, I feel. So thank you very much for coming on here and, and talking to me today. Thank you, Sama. I uh, appreciate it too. Uh, it's always uh, good and interesting and cool to talk to you. Sorry that my uh, microphone uh, was a bit uh, noisy at times. Hope recording is still useful. Yeah, I uh, look forward to talking to you again. Yeah, even if the sound is bad, I think so many people will find uh, value in what you said. So I don't think these small details will distract us from your message. And I look forward to talk to you more in the future. So.